Welcome to the Radical Global Marketing Podcast. In each episode, we go deep with the world's leading international marketers and discuss the ideas and processes that make their global marketing strategies a success. Let's get radical. Welcome to the Radical Global Marketing Podcast. In each episode, we go deep with the world's leading international marketers and discuss the ideas and processes that make their global marketing strategies a success. Let's get radical. Today, I'm speaking with Andy Yen from ServiceNow. This episode is brought to you by Brandigo China. Brandigo's team of local and international marketing talent has been helping multinational brands achieve marketing success in China for almost two decades. To find out more about Brandigo China and how they can help your brand meet your China business objectives, visit www.brandigochina.com or contact the team at hellochina at brandigo.com. Okay, so we're here with Andy Yen from ServiceNow. Andy's the Global Partner Marketing Director, working on all kinds of international marketing projects, and ServiceNow is the intelligent platform for end-to-end digital transformation. He's also held positions at Oracle and SAP, and he has an MBA from the University of California, Berkeley, Haas School of Business. Go Cal Bears. Welcome to the podcast, Andy. Thanks, Mike. Go Bears. Andy, let's just jump right into it. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey as a marketing professional, maybe a bit about your career background? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So my journey as a marketing professional has been a bit different from what I've currently seen from senior marketing leaders. A lot of them start off at an agency. They start really young in the marketing, marketing in the corporate world, right? And they deliver across uh, different roles and they eventually become a leader or an executive. But for me, my path has actually been a little bit different. So the longest I've actually ever been at a company is where I currently work at ServiceNow for a bit over four years. And for me, I've always believed that as soon as you get comfortable and complacent, it's actually time for you to change. So kind of, I might be dating myself here a little bit, but I started my career in sales about 18 years ago at a company called CDW, right? And I had acted as an extension of my customers' IT departments. So we sold over 100,000 different products from Microsoft enterprise licensing to IBM and HP servers. People were actually buying servers back then. Selling printers, printers were a thing, as well as Cisco networking equipment and VMware licenses, right? Like my job was to make it really convenient for my customers to fix something if it was broken or or to help them achieve their business objectives with technology. And what's funny about that is when I look back to where I am currently at ServiceNow, I'm actually still in that same domain, right, of helping customers do their job better with tech. Sales was really the foundation that set the stage for me in building a career in marketing. You know, I spent some time, I actually spent some time in Shanghai in 2008 after spending a couple of years in sales, uh, working in a biz dev role, working in education consulting and promoting short-term certification programs from colleges and universities in the U.S., from the Midwest, to professionals in China who are looking to up-level their career. And what was really interesting about that experience was that even though my customers, right, were essentially the professionals who were looking to up-level their careers, again, 80% of the funding from those initiatives came from local governments and municipalities across China. So it was almost like a it was like a B2B type type of role. And that was also during a time in 2008 when the narrative around US and China is really different to what it is today, right? So NYU was like the first US university to build a campus in Shanghai there. The Beijing Olympics had just happened. The World Expo was going to Shanghai. And 
I wanted to just be able to take advantage of my international background and my Chinese heritage, right, to really help me excel in the world of international business. Two and a half years in, I realized that's not what I wanted to do full time for the rest of my life. And my exit strategy was to shut down, go back to the U.S., apply to business school and figure it out. So I did that in 2011, went to UC Berkeley and essentially started my career at Enterprise Tech. That's an amazing story, Andy. Um, yeah, I, I also started in sales, which I think is really interesting. Do you think being like starting off in sales and business development helped your you in the marketing later in life? Absolutely. And if I didn't make a point of that talk track earlier, that that is absolutely what's helped me in my in my career in marketing. Because until you're in that role where you're having to put yourself on the line and really sell yourself to a customer and get someone to try to get someone's attention, right? You don't realize how resourceful you need to be, right? And in marketing, you're essentially trying to be a helpful resource to help your sales teams and help whatever whatever teams, whether it's a partner right, an account executive or a biz dev leader, help them achieve their business objectives because they're they're on the front lines closing business for, for your organization. Awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing now, Andy, and your current role? Yeah. So currently, I'm a director of global partner marketing for ServiceNow. And as you alluded to earlier, we, we are the intelligent platform for digital end-to-end transformation for over 85% of the Fortune 500. And we actually just recently joined the Fortune 500 earlier this year. It was a company that was founded in 2004 when I was still in college. So I didn't know anything about it when I was kind of thinking about career or anything like that uh, as I was younger. But basically, the company started off selling you know, software to IT departments to really help them streamline service delivery and very quickly caught on as an enterprise platform that could standardize not only the employee experience across like, you know, HR requests or whatnot, but also customer service delivery as well. And basically, you know, they were not, they they'd shifted from making things more efficient to helping companies reimagine their, their business models. Um, so last year, ServiceNow delivered about, or I'm sorry, last quarter, we delivered about $2 billion in revenue. And in our way, since the company is now, I think, close to being 20 years old, Right. We're always looking for ways to push the boundaries of being of what's possible. And as we gain mindshare, one of the ways that we do that is through partnerships. So as a global partner marketing director, I align with a counterpart at a partner company to build and execute co-marketing plans. And what's critical in this role is like we just have to influence without authority. Right. We have to work with sales teams, alliance teams and marketing teams that don't report to us to align on the white space where we can play together and then align on a joint value proposition that you can de- that we can deliver to our mutual customers. At the end of the day, customers are bombarded with messaging and content from all sorts of enterprise tech companies. So it's really important to make sure that whatever you build is super impactful, right? And delivers value. And for me, I think that's really, again, having that experience in sales, right? Understanding how, how to build content, how to build campaigns that supports their talk track is essentially what's what's really helped me in my current role. That's great, Andy. Can you uh, talk about some of the campaigns that you've worked on recently or something that you're proud of, uh, maybe an international campaign? Yeah, sure. So so prior to my current role, I, I spent eight years of my career in employee experience product marketing. Um, so you mentioned I worked at SAP and, and Oracle prior to this and ServiceNow. And Workday is the other big employee experience player in enterprise tech. So I've worked in three three of the big four. 
there's two really big moments that really stood out for me as in my career in enterprise tech. Uh, so one was when I was actually just getting started in 2012. I was working at SAP and I was a cloud platform marketing lead there. And Workday was dominant in the world of HR at the time. They had this whole campaign around the power of one, right? Every single one of their sales people would talk about it. They would talk about how they're using one data model, one architecture, right, to deliver the best HR experience for employees. And it was just a really simple and easy message. And they were crushing the competition because that the technology side was their advantage. And my role coming in was to basically position against that. I realized that we didn't actually have, I, I realized that our technology was actually not superior, right? We we didn't have that. So what I ended up doing was shifting the focus and, and what gave me this perspective was working with global marketing teams in EMEA and uh, APJ and, and uh, as well as the US, right? Like we built marketing stories around personas and, and the moments that matter in an employee journey. So things around starting a new job, getting promoted, going on a leave of absence, going on a global assignment, right? We talked about how our technology made those use cases much more impactful rather than going feature, competing feature function around how, whose technology was better or whatnot. And there, were, there wasn't actually a lot of research done behind the moments that we highlighted, right? We just told stories that resonated. And to me, that actually changed the shape of how HCM was marketed ever since. So today, Workday no longer taps the power of one, right? Everyone says they're an employee experience platform. <laughs> and what's actually kind of moved me into my current role right, is, be, is because like, is that there's no such thing as one employee experience platform that employ, people use to get all their work done. People use more than one technology at work. So this world of partner marketing that, I, that I've kind of started to explore and dabble in has really been much more of a build on, on kind of the first half of my marketing career. I'd say the second proudest moment I've had is in my current role around some of the work that I'm doing today with technology partners like Microsoft. So in this, when when COVID hit, right, like ServiceNow was kind of delivering our safe workplace applications where you can like check in and, and you know, make sure that people are reporting into work safely or whatnot, but it wasn't really super differentiating, right? Like you could build that technology through a survey and, and that survey could be built on anything. But what was what was happening was that Microsoft Teams was taking off, right? And they were kind of going head to head against Slack, who had just been acquired by Salesforce at the time. And we partnered closely with with Microsoft to kind of build a campaign around the future of work. And we are going to be recognized as one of the top partners in that space. And if you look at kind of who's won that space today, I'd say Teams won. And I'd say a big reason they won was because they they kind of brought in the, the partner story and had a much more tightened story around that than than Salesforce and Slack did. That, that's great, Andy. Um, I, I love to hear about personas and customer journeys. Um, you know, it, it seems to be a B2B staple now, but it, it definitely wasn't even a few years ago. And even now, I'd say not all companies have, have figured, figured it out yet. You're talking about global campaigns and rolling those out into different countries. How much do you guys look at or how much do you look at localizing and how far do you localize when you're going into different countries? Yeah, that's a great question. So I'd say one of the biggest blind spots that I see for young marketers today is that they say they live in a region, right? And therefore, 
I only know my region. I should only focus on messaging, positioning and messaging for the, for that region. I think as the world's kind of moved to this hybrid model, right? You're seeing more of, uh, you see marketing teams kind of collaborate more across regions. And like I, I, I talk to our APAC teams and our EMEA teams all the time, right? And a lot of times they, your regional teams are likely going to have much better ideas than what you would have at at HQ um, in terms of hitting the local, being able to adapt to the local market. So it's kind of a fine fine balance in terms of like setting, you know, setting the framework and the parameters from HQ, right? In terms of being able to kind of provide them with with funding and and just kind of a framework for what the year is going to look like. But then also having the flexibility to work with your regional teams to adapt what you're doing to to the region to a region or a country. In terms of translations, you know, we typically um, at ServiceNow, and I think every company does this a little bit differently, um, but we kind of have like a shared services like uh, internal translation team, right? That kind of helps us localize content for for some of the broader campaigns. So like when I talked about running that future of work webinar or campaign with uh, with Microsoft earlier, right? We launched in five different regions and we localized all, I, I created the content from the global perspective, but then we worked with the regional teams to kind of localize it in, in the various languages, right? And we ran different types of ads and, and campaigns to generate more awareness through the through some of the local teams. So it, it's really just kind of a, you know, it, it's just a blend of just being able to be easy to work with, right? And also just having being thoughtful in terms of when you schedule meetings, I guess. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a challenge sometimes to get everyone on the same page there. <laughs> when you're talking about marketing campaigns, Andy, um, are you guys doing like demand generation or brand awareness or ABM or all of the above or different things? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's across the board, right? So my, my org sits in the demand generation team, but we have moved around different teams since you know, in the tiers that I've been in the role. But I would say I am primarily measured on net new contacts that we bring into the ServiceNow ecosystem that personas who we typically would not speak to if we were just talking to someone who used ServiceNow. So for what we do with Microsoft, for example, right, like you'd have a Teams M365 admin, right? Like that is a, or, you know, if we're partnering with Microsoft on Azure, right? Like, you, you, there's a cloud center of excellence lead that ServiceNow usually doesn't have as much mind share with. So I am primarily measured on net new contacts we bring in, right? Um, net new leads, uh, as well as influence pipeline, right? Like, so a lot of what, there's a lot of great partners to work with, right? But everyone at the end of the day needs to be able to show some sort of ROI. And it's about being able to align with your partner to deliver on some of those metrics while also making sure you hit your internal metrics as well. So some of the internal additional internal metrics that I'm hit on it are like customer success stories, right? Other other customers talk joint customers talking about how they're benefiting from our solutions. And then obviously working with our a sales team to seat leads all the way through, you know, qualification to to them closing and and influencing that new opportunities. So there's it's across the gamut. Cool. How important is like the role of creativity for you guys in terms of campaigns? Um, are you coming up with, you know, intense, all new creative and new messages every time? Or 
Uh, is it more kind of a standard B2B approach? Yeah, that's a great question. So, I mean, what when you think of like the surface area of what Surface ServiceNow does, right, around customer experience, employee experience, and then and then uh, mindshare and IT, right, you can create all sorts of campaigns just just based on that. I think it's actually a matter of having to prioritize like what what the most important go-to-market areas are, and being able to focus on those and being as creative as you can on maybe your top two to three sales plays rather than trying to cover all the areas that you you work with partners in. And, and that's, you know, that's challenging because you don't have, being in a partner marketing role, you're, you're having to influence without authority. Again, none of these other functions within the org reports into you. You've got to kind of fit what you do into, into their overall strategies and, and campaigns. I would say what's really exciting about my role, though, is that um working with a partner day in and day out it forces you to take an outside in type of approach and oftentimes you will also have like an agency that we work with right to kind of help intermediate any challenges and when we don't see eye to eye on on messaging right and um that always kind of forces us to up level our game as opposed to like when you know you're just in an internal marketing role right like in product marketing you're just talking about a new product launch you're just talking about net new features, right? How are your customers benefit from it? Being in this partner role, it really forces you to every day kind of, you know, live live through this outside in approach. And I think it's one of the most integrated forms of marketing there is out there today. Thanks, Andy. Do you think there are any particular regions that are complicated for you guys? I mean, everyone always says China, but you also have that China background. Are, are there any specific regions that or countries that you think always have to be like adjusted a lot or it's not quite working the way you think it's going to work? Yeah, so I've been in my global role for two years. I would say that it's not really a matter of which which region or whatnot is, is more challenging. It's just a matter of just making sure that you, you find the right people to work with in the region. I think that people, a company like ServiceNow, we grew from like 7,000 to over 20,000 people in the course of three years, right? So we expanded a lot horizontally and and also hired in a lot of new leaders as well. So it's it's you know it's a matter of being able to align on on the right priorities. Um, with that said, right in terms of countries where I would I say there is definitely a lot of opportunity for service now is definitely Japan, right? Um, we we have a big presence there. Um, I'd say you know some of our competitors there have done just have been there a little bit longer than us, but in terms of the value that we can bring to organizations in that, you know, in, in that country, I think there's a lot of opportunity there. Obviously, it's about getting some of the lo- some local resources, right, uh, to support us on on from from the language perspective. Um, but I think that is uh, definitely a big opportunity for us. And uh, you mentioned China earlier. Currently, ServiceNow does not operate in mainland China, China, right? So, you know, there there have been discussions about, you know, potentially expanding in the future. But to date, we, we currently don't operate in, in mainland China. Got it. Cool. Let's uh, switch tack a bit. And could you share a little bit with us about your thoughts on the, on the future of global marketing and communications? Yeah. <laughs> so I'd say like... You can't get out of an interview. No, no. (laughs) Yeah. So I'd say you can't get out of an interview or out of any sort of tech discussion today without mentioning generative AI, right? And 
I think that generative AI, when you talk about augment, how it can augment jobs or automate jobs, I really see it as a tool that marketers will be able to use to help save them time, right? To help up-level what they're doing. For me, I've experimented with it already around like, hey, if I want to write a social media post at the end of the day, I don't have the I don't have the bandwidth to think, right? I'm going to go to my little chat GPT buddy and ask for some inspiration around around what to write about, right? And it's it's essentially an assistant. I don't just copy what ChatGPT says, right, as, as something that I'd use for a social post, but it does give me some ideas on what I could write about. And it's not a technology that's not replacing me as a as a human being because I'm just using it as a way to augment what I'm already doing. Obviously, you know, there's much more there's much more to what generative AI has to offer than a marketing copy, right? But there's I, I'd say there's just a lot of things that need to be discussed and thought through more around data privacy and security in that area. CEOs are jumping at the opportunity to talk about it, right, which is which is great. But I think in terms of the long-term implications and, and how companies implement it, there's still a lot of work uh, that needs to be done in that area. Yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, I think everyone's experimenting with it and, and us marketers are looking at it to see how it's going to change our, our daily lives as well. And each new version of at least ChatGPT itself seems to be game-changing and amazing. So, quote-unquote. Cool. Andy, who or what have been some of the biggest influences on your career to date? Is there anyone or anything that you'd like to mention? Yeah. So, interesting enough, my parents have played a big role in my career. And I think the way they've influenced me the most is that is being able to watch what they were good at and what they weren't so good at, right? So, what my parents were really good at was, like, working hard and delivering value, right? And like, you know, they came to the U.S. from China, right, with absolutely nothing. And they showed me that if you're able to deliver value on a consistent basis, right, like you're going to have people coming back from work and people are going to love like, you know, like when people come back to you, right, repeat business is e- easier to generate than than that new. I think what they weren't good at, right, was actually promoting the work that they did, right? And that's actually what kind of led me into this whole world of marketing, right? It was like, you know, you can do all the great work and create all the great products. You can you can have have the greatest ideas in the world, right? But if no one knows about them, um, you're not going to derive any value from it. That's really interesting. Uh, that's really nice that you mentioned your parents as a big influence. <laughs> yeah, I, I can think of a uh, yeah, that, I can think of another another person at the time. I know we, but yeah, there, I'm sure there's lots of people that have influenced me. But that was one I think most that I can think of that was most tied to this combo. Great. Are there any current projects, people, or events that you'd like to give a mention to? Yeah, so uh, I, I'd say like having a good boss, right, is very much like having rich parents. And I want to give a shout out to my boss Jackie Tuma and my new VP Megan Moore for really just being able to trust, trusting me to deliver my current role. They're often acting as advisors who are guiding me behind the scenes, and my job would be way harder without their support. We're a small and mighty team in our company, and we punch well above our weight. We are also going to be, so ServiceNow is going to be at Microsoft Inspire in July. So by the time you hear this, uh, you probably would have, will have heard some of the announcements that have come out as well. And please do, you know, there are some cool announcements coming out from ServiceNow at Microsoft Inspire. So just stay tuned for that. Cool. Thanks. If people want to connect with you or the business, uh, where should they go, Andy? Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. Look for me at Andy Yen at ServiceNow, uh, or you can find me on WeChat uh, at Yensta. It's Y-E-N-S-T-A. 
Great. And and is there anyone that you think would be a great guest for this podcast? Any marketers or global marketers? Yeah, absolutely. So I've got a good friend, Daniel Chang, who's based in Shanghai. He's the founder and CEO of an award-winning digital marketing and design agency called Metrics Studio. I met him when I was living abroad in China, and he's American like myself. We, His team, I, I was basically watched him build an agency from the ground up, right, since his time there. And they work with a lot of really interesting clients, uh, ranging from educational institutions like the University of Michigan and U- U.S. News and Report, right, to like Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> He's got some really cool and exciting projects coming up. And some of the things that I've seen from Daniel have really He's really pushing the boundaries of what I thought was possible from a creative perspective of operating in China. So definitely someone who I think is really inter- would be really interesting to talk to. Cool. Thanks, Andy. Okay. Well, one last question for you. If you're a young marketer, what would you give them as a suggestion for their career or things to focus on uh, if someone young and wants to get into marketing or is just starting out their career? Yeah, I would say so. I mentor a lot of a lot of people, and I would say the number one thing that I would I would um, recommend to a young marketer is to get to know people outside of marketing and to build a understand how the business works, not just on the sales side, you know, not just on the product side, but also get to know some of the people in finance, right? In terms of when budgets come in, yeah, when you've got to be, you've got to know when the key moments are within within your own organization and you know when performance reviews happen right that, a lot of, a lot of different things and you have to, you have to have a group of people within your organization to advocate for you outside of your immediate team so uh, that'd be my one piece of advice to young marketers perfect those are great insights andy thanks for your valuable time today it was a really really great podcast um, you've got so many good takeaways here awesome thanks mike really appreciate you for inviting me and thanks for having me on Great. Thanks for listening to the Radical Global Marketing Podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening. Uh, Don't forget to follow us on social media and get in touch if you have any comments or ideas to share. Join us next time for more insight, case studies, and shared experiences from some of the world's most radical global marketing leaders. Thank you for listening to the Radical Global Marketing Podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed making it. Join us next time for more insight, best practice case studies, and shared experiences from some of the world's most radical global marketing leaders.